standing up in McKinney. This is According to Callus, episode 471. That is of the counted episodes. According to Podbean, I actually have 500 episodes. Not quite sure how that happened, but so be it. And yes, we did break the 175,000 download mark. Thank you all very much. My four listeners have been hard at work. Before I go any further, let me remind you, you can help me. Like, share, and subscribe to the program. Go to your favorite podcatcher. Save it. And then when you're there, load it as a, you know, preferred podcast, if you will. Hey, and if you're feeling particularly motivated, you can go rate and review the program. All your favorite podcatchers, even on the social media, right? I got a Facebook page and a group and I visit there as well as Gab and MeWe. And hey, look, even Instagram on occasion. (laughs) Uh, And then the YouTube uh, as far as I know, they haven't thrown me off yet, so we're still there. And uh, they always say if you don't have the right enemies, you must not be a threat. So <laughs> I guess I haven't reached that altitude yet. But I, uh, I'm i not going to pay for advertising. I'm doing this all by word of mouth, slow and steady. Here we go. And today's episode is, what have they done? Now, this is in part inspired by a song that I listened to. The song, What Have They Done to My Country? Um, I guess in part authored by, if not inspired by, a guy named Jack. And he's got one of the uh, oldest podcasts there is that is still in continuous uh, production. And quite frankly, is one of the inspirations why I do what I do now. Though he has a decidedly different view of local politics or state politics, if you will, uh, namely that he just doesn't give a rip anymore. And I got to say, after today's episode, uh, you might not be far behind that. All right. Um, also, of note, a little housekeeping here. Uh, episode 471 should have come on Friday. I was MIA. Uh, I don't know if you... Uh, Listen to the uh, 465, 66, and 67. Um, I'm sorry. I guess maybe I missed 468 in there somewhere. I don't know. Uh, it's been it's been a long few days, if you will. But I, I just, I petered out. I ran out of steam. And uh, I was not real happy with the uh, last episode I put out on uh, last Friday. So I, I, or it came out Thursday actually. uh, And I just like, I I need to take a break. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, I'm sure none of you are losing sleep over this. I, I get that, but you know, I have, I have a bit of a expectation I put upon myself and apparently I jumped all the way from 467 to 470. So what I'll probably do this week is out of order. I will insert 68 and 69, but today is 471 and I owe two episodes and we're going to get them done. So here we go. What have they done? Well, as you may recall, I try and avoid uh, national issues. One, I'm not an expert at that. Two, quite frankly, there's zero I can do about it. And three, it's just so beyond the pale, the stuff that goes on. 
that we have zero control over, there's zero feedback, and they, quite frankly, just don't care. So why would I waste my breath on it? That's really what it gets down to. I can make a difference locally, as can you, and we can have some influence in our home states, and mine is Texas. So what do I mean and where are we going? So it came to my attention over the last week that the uh, federal government uh, continues to spend inordinate sums of money to protect the border of Ukraine against an invasion by Russia. Uh, I guess it's called a war, though we're not involved technically uh, because we haven't declared a war, but apparently we're funding and sending things there. So to say we're not involved would be mm, an exaggeration to say the least. And no matter what your feelings are about the two teams here, It's a war we don't have to be involved with, yet we are. Then it was further brought to my attention that not only are we going to continue to muck around in the Ukraine-Russian conflict, no, no, we want to stick our nose in the China-Taiwan issue. Now, again, China and Taiwan, two groups of people, basically the same background, two different forms of government, and one of them is the dragon and the other one is not. And when that battle actually happens, there's going to be a whole lot of dead people. But I have no doubt in my mind that China will be successful. So we're looking to postpone that whole situation as long as we possibly can. So I'm not sure what to tell you folks, but it seems like our own country is selling us out for not one, but two different wars while they've spent us into oblivion, while they're basically destroying our country from the inside out all the while not protecting our own border and inviting the whole rest of the world in. I mean, what could possibly be their end game here? Well, I'm not going to connect any more dots. It should be quite evident. They don't care about you or our country. And quite frankly, we're just in their way, which again is why I tend to avoid national issues. I tend to just stay out of it. But unfortunately, some of that stuff does trickle down to us, even here in the state of Texas. So again, once again, brought to my attention by a friend of mine, a guy by the name of Robert West. If you haven't been following him, you should. He he used to do a podcast. He he hung up the the mic. Uh, Wasn't getting him the bang for the buck, but he's still putting out some wonderful articles. I will freely admit I'm a few behind. So I would recommend you take the time and get caught up as I know I will. So he pointed out two issues. Now I've talked about one in the past and one has been brought up, but apparently is now in play in the state of Texas. Well, number one is the idea that we're going to flood out a large section of East Texas so Dallas can have water. So I, I got to ask myself, uh, they're trafficking your children, they're grooming your children, and now they're taking away what is ostensibly people's homesteads, farmland for generations. And still we elect these same guys back into office. Why do we tolerate this? What's going on here? I, I Again, I don't have a good answer, but it's very disturbing, very disappointing. Yet here we are, the same thing again and again and again. So it's bad enough the United States is completely off the rails, and it's only a matter of time before we come crashing to the ground. I've made peace with that a long time ago, one of the reasons why I'm in Texas. But to see follow 
or Texas follows suit similarly is not a pleasing thought, is not anything ideal. So, you know, obviously it's much easier to just throw out rhetoric. It's much easier to just say, I hate this and I'm going to have a little hissy fit about it. But the real challenge is what actions can you take? What can you do? So I would imagine if you're one of those people that lost their property or their family's property out in East Texas, you might want to do something now before they start flooding it. Yeah, you might want to take some action now. Um, Robert West, I believe correct, or I, I believe I understood him correctly, stating that Lake Louisville could have its level raised two feet, and Lake Louisville would hold as much water as this brand new reservoir is holding. The additional two feet in Lake Louisville will hold as much water. Think about that for a second. Lake Louisville would get two foot deeper and all the additional water would be equal to what they can put in East Texas. Oh, and keep in mind, according to Robert, and make sure I understood this properly, along the way, they're going to destroy uh, businesses that have been there for decades because that river that they're damming is doesn't reach adequate flow year round so that they can dump their affluent. So they can only do it during certain times of the year. But once they put the reservoirs and lakes in, they won't have that opportunity anymore. So where do you think that business is going to go? Where do you think those people that need the employment are going to go? What do you think is going to happen to East Texas? How is that a good thing? I don't know. You should think about that. So sorry about that. Uh, minor interruption. Not only are we going to do that, no, no, the state legislature has now saw fit to create requirements for the sheriffs and they're planning on enforcing it by not making you eligible to run for sheriff. And oh, by the way, if you don't have somebody eligible to be sheriff, apparently they're going to appoint your sheriff. And oh, by the way, they're also bribe your sheriff's department by giving them additional money because of the additional requirement. So let me ask you. The last time I looked, the state of Texas, the sheriff was the highest law enforcement person in his county or her county, and they are elected by the county as a whole, and they work for the county as a whole, and they are the last step to protect us from the overreach of tyranny. Now, the very sad thing is, is this is following and basically doing something similar to what they've been doing in Oregon and Washington. And for those of you that have been paying attention, you know, in Oregon and Washington, they've had some egregious laws passed and the the state level has mandated these things. And the county sheriff said, no, we're not going to do that. No, we're out. We refuse to enforce that. So they're counteracting by basically stripping the sheriffs and taking away their power and their authority, which theoretically they shouldn't be able to do. Theoretically is a separation of powers. Theoretically is an abuse of power, but it's tolerated. And, And I really don't know why. This is tolerated. And we're doing the same thing here in Texas. Now, you're going to need to look up the bill because I don't remember what it is. But I'm pretty sure if you go look at Robert West's articles, you'll find that he does a pretty good breakdown on that issue. So you got to ask yourself, why would they want to do that? Why would they want to strip the sheriffs in Texas of the power and authority they've had since 1836? What's at play here? Hmm? Now, 
I am not going to cast dispersions, something I'm not aware of, but it sounds kind of fishy to me. It sounds kind of problematic to me. And the thing of it is, the Republicans run all of the state elected offices. The Republicans are doing this. So we watched what's happening at the federal level. Again, we're just witnesses to the mayhem. We see what's unfolding in Texas via Austin. Again, we have very little input, very little control. But it is what we're dealing with. And here we are now dealing with this very crazy stuff coming right here to Texas. And nobody said a word. Oh, that's right. The Texas Sheriff's Association, they got what they wanted. They got to laugh off at the bad wording of the bill, not recognizing that they're going to come back and tighten it up later. And secondarily, they took the money. You took their money. They own you. You sold yourselves out. We'll see how your Faustian bargain works out for you. Now, I, for one, would like to know what my sheriff thinks about this. I would like to know what my sheriff said about this. And the next time I see him, I'm going to ask him about it. And I'm sure he'll have an answer. But for you listening to me out there, right? If you're in the state of Texas, you ought to be calling your sheriff. And ask them just what exactly is going on here. Why would they cede their authority? Why would they give up that power and responsibility and turn it over to the state that's already shown they're incapable and unwilling to do what they need to do? They don't protect the border. Uh, they don't maintain things. They can't have, uh, <laughs> they can't even run things smoothly. But hey, they're going to give us a tax break, don't you know, when they have a record high surplus of money that they've been stealing from us all along. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I not supposed to call taxation theft? Silly me. But look, we understand it's in an imperfect world, in a fallen world, that for, quote unquote, the general welfare, the general good of others, you collect some money and spend it to generally improve things so that everybody's supposed to benefit from. But it seems to me, much like at the national level, the state level has followed suit and they do whatever they want. And we're supposed to stop them. We're supposed to control them. And yet, good luck with that. You look no further than our Republican party, my Republican party. I'm still a member of good standing, but boy, I, I got to tell you times like this, it's just why, why, why do I do this to myself? Why do I tolerate this? Now the real answer is because I know I have no other choice, right? My back's against the wall. I got to do what I got to do to pre preserve what little liberties left and continue to fight the good fight. But at some point, one of us is going to win. And I don't know if it's going to be me and we, the people, I, I'm very concerned. It might be them. The powers that be, if you prefer <laughs> PTB, <laughs> you know, and I, yeah, I know that's a loaded term and you know, whatever, get over yourselves. The, the idea is that we're not really in control of what's going on. We gave up that, right? We gave up that authority a long time ago question is, how do we take it back? Well, clearly the idea of taking it back has been lost on a good number of people. Clearly the idea of fighting back has just devolved into bickering and fighting amongst ourselves. Yeah. I don't have to like Mitt Romney. I can think Mitt Romney's in an abhorrent individual currently right now. He's the guy with an R after his name that's sitting in Utah pulling the levers of power. So I have to deal with that. Now I can beat up on Mitt Romney all day long to 
to what? To what end? To what good? Does it change anything? I think we all know the answer to that. No, it's not. In a similar vein, you can do the same thing. Justin Holland, right? Or if you prefer Jeff Leach, a little closer to home. You can beat up on these guys, call them names, make them feel unwelcome. But at the end of the day, their response is, well, I don't need you. I've got the money. I'm the incumbent. Uh, You guys can't even organize a paper bag. How are you going to come against me? Are they wrong? Are they? The sad thing is, the real sad thing is, the more we fight amongst ourselves, the more time we spend, quote unquote, purifying the party, the less effective we become, the less representative we be, we are, the less effective we can be, because you're going to whittle down that number and toss out anybody that has the slightest deviance from you. And then you're left with what? We are the power of the state of Texas. We are the Republican Party. We have all these elected officials that are one of us. Yet we spend more time beating up on them and hating on them than trying to work with them, trying to coax them, trying to convince them that they should actually hold to their values. And when you say, but Stephen, we've been trying that for years and years and years and we didn't get anywhere. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It sucks. You feel like Sisyphus, right? You just keep rolling up that boulder to the top of the hill only to start all over again tomorrow. But what's the alternative? You let the crazy progressives, right? The leftist Democrats take over. You know, what's sad to me is this is where we're at. You got to deal with the people that let you down or the people that are going to kill you. I mean, that's not a good decision making process. Yeah, you have to make peace with the people that are allegedly on your team and try and improve them or at some point replace them. But if you're spending all your time attacking them, your enemy is one, sitting back and laughing and two, moving against you and you are not paying attention. You're so busy worrying about your center and it not holding that they're coming from your flank. Hmm? We have to have eyes on prize. We have to know what we want. We have to offer the alternative. And sadly, we're not doing a good job of that. Sadly, where we're at is the consequence of our own bad behavior. Now, yes, we can blame it on the elected officials. We can blame it on people that ran in bad faith. They had no intentions of doing the things that they said they can do or that they will do. That would all be true. But at the end of the day, We're the people that reelected them. We're the people that tolerate them. We're the people that got stuck with them. But once they win, once they're our people, you got to suck it up. You got to make the best of it. Yeah, it's no fun. Could you imagine being a guy or a lady that stuck in California for the last, I don't know, two decades? Every bit of that state is arrayed against you. So you have two choices. One, you can fight back at your local level the county, the school board, the city council, whatever. And you're probably going to get beat, but you can at least have your little enclave, right? Or you leave. And that's where we're coming to in Texas. But we've brought it on ourselves. We should be encouraging and (laughs) making Democrats and leftists and progressives feel uncomfortable and make them want to leave. Instead, we're doing it to ourselves. We should be causing the moderates to have to pick sides and give them good reasons to work with us but we don't. We push them off too. 
We should be working with the quote unquote establishment to show them, well, yeah, okay, we don't agree with you on these four or five items. And look, these are the reasons why, and we would like to help you. And we'd like to work with you on these things, but please, you got to quit doing this at least for a period of time until we sort these things out. They're rational people. They're also greedy people. And if you show them there's a long-term benefit in doing that, they might listen to you. But instead, you attack them and you lump them in with the leftist progressives who, of course, welcome them with open arms. And what happens? You lose. Now, we can continue to do this and we can continue to fight the good fight and continue to lose and lose and lose and lose until we are the minority party, that we are the party with no power, no authority, no influence. And do you really think that, I don't know, the half a dozen state reps that we already aren't happy with wouldn't switch sides in a heartbeat? That they wouldn't follow the power across the aisle? We've watched it happen before here in Texas. We've watched it happen across the country. I'm going to switch parties because it's convenient. I'm close enough to the center. I feel comfortable going either way. Well, you know, those leftists, they're, they're a little too radical, but really the Republican Party hates me. Why wouldn't I go join with the centrist Democrats? I mean... This is the same game played over and over and over again. And they just switch sides and leave us stranded because we, the people don't use our strategy. We don't use our mind. We just react. We get passionate. We get motivated by emotions and we lose track of what's really at play here. So let me ask you, how's it going to work out for us? Have you considered that? Have you considered the outcome of our actions and where we're going to go? When you say, what have they done? You have to be willing to own your part. You have to be willing to say, how am I responsible for this? What could I have done to prevent this? Yeah, they did it, but they either did it with my complicity or my ignorance. Hmm? Consider the implications. We have to be smarter about what we do. The old adage that there's the evil party and the stupid party proves true and true all the time. We are the stupid party, but why are we stupid? Because we let emotions motivate us in reaction to the progressives emotional outbursts, which theirs are planned and organized. Ours are not. We allow ourselves to be manipulated and to take foolish actions that cost us long-term and put us in a consequential bind. And I'm here to tell you, that's not a good way to go. That's not the way to be. I need you to think about that. I need you to consider that. Going forward, we have to think about what we're going to do and how we're going to fix this right here at the local level, right here out your back door. No, you're not going to fix it overnight. No, there's no instant changes. You're not going to just magically flip a board because, well, we spent a ton of money. Okay, maybe, maybe some places sometimes, but that's not how it works in the normal world. That's not reality, basically. That's a long, hard slog. We didn't get into the mess that we're in overnight. They planned it and they've been progressively working on it for decades. Perhaps more in a century, depending on who you talk to. It's going to take at least half as long to push it back. The question is, are you up for it? Are you willing to do something about it? Instead of just sitting back and asking the question, what have they done? We need to maybe rephrase it as, well, what can I do? 
And by the time this posts, it's going to probably be a little after 5 o'clock. And, hey, that's just the way the ball bounces sometimes. But listen, take the time. Listen to this. Consider this. If you're listening at an amped up speed, 15 minutes at most. If you made it through this far, congratulations. You did it. I will see you on the other side.